welcome. I'm your host, Sarah, and I can't believe that I'm finally sitting down and recording the introduction to my new podcast. This has been a long time in the making, and I've been sitting here for the past year and a half trying to decide whether this was something I wanted to commit to or something I could do long term. And I was a little nervous, um, especially because I am letting a lot of people that hardly know me or even complete strangers into my life and my journey with grief. And it's just a bit daunting. <laughs> um, so I, all of those things are running through my head. And then I just kind of thought of my dad, really. And he was the one who completely supported me during my mental health journey. And he was also the one who was my biggest cheerleader and wanting to be part of every little thing when it came to designing a mental health website. We wanted to create a resource for people to come to and and read about, you know, my personal struggles, but also like coping mechanisms and ways that I helped myself when I wasn't able to go to therapy, things like that. And he was so supportive. He was proofreading my articles and helping me get set up um, with everything that I needed and even just creating slogans for me. It was so cute. And I figured what better way to honor him than continuing that work in the form of a podcast that is completely because of and inspired by him. And um, yeah, so I, I just never thought that I would be in these circumstances so soon in my life. Um, I lost my dad in August of 2021, uh, so I was 22 at the time, and I thought that I would have had many years with him, honestly, like, this this was out so, yeah, it was a freak accident, like, he, um, well, we'll get into that later, but, um, yeah, it just happened out of nowhere, and it completely turned my world upside down and turned the world of my siblings upside down. And now I'm here trying to pick up the pieces and um, create a community and a place where we can hold space for one another who have lost someone close to them and discuss that topic of grief and growing pains. I feel even now in 2023, it's still such a taboo. We don't talk about a lot of the things that are uncomfortable or painful or sad. We're just kind of expected to go through the motions and people just kind of shrug it off and say, well, that's life or especially when you experience a lot in your uh, teenage or 20s. Um, people just kind of say, well, you know, you're young and, you know, pain is, is necessary for growth or pain is necessary when you're young. And honestly, I, I disagree with that. I, <laughs> I don't think that pain needs to be a prerequisite to a good life. 
um, yes, sometimes pain leads to incredible growth and it, you learn a lot from those experiences for sure. But at the same time, it does not need to be necessary or a prerequisite to living a good life. And I just kind of think that we've kind of become so desensitized to it. So I'm hoping that this space allows myself and others to remember that it's okay to openly go through the motions. It's okay to open up these conversations and feel this discomfort because ultimately if that is what allows us to heal and that is what allows us to connect with other people. Um, I read this quote by Joanne Hari and it said that loneliness isn't the physical absence of other people. It's the sense that you're not sharing anything that matters with anyone else. If you have lots of people around you, perhaps even a husband, wife, or family, or a busy workplace, but you don't share anything that matters with them, then you'll still be lonely. That quote resonated with me when I first heard it, and I saved it immediately. I think that that's so important for us to remember, and that's the premise of which I built this podcast on, which is... It's so important to make sure that we're sharing something of substance with one another in order for us to not feel lonely anymore. Um, Because while I do have that amazing community, I have an amazing husband and friends who have shown up for me and sat with me through some of the most painful and darkest parts of this journey, I've still felt lonely and it's mainly because I, it's not that I can't share it with them, it's that I don't know how to share it with them and I don't want to share it with them because, you know, my for instance, my husband, he lost his brother a year prior um, to when I lost my dad and in the back of my head, I'm always thinking like, Oh, like he he went through this, and he's he has so much on his plate already. He is the rock of our family, and here I am falling apart, and i I don't want to burden him with that. And it's crazy because when it comes to him and his experiences, I'm always like, you know, i I want. No matter what it is I'm going through, I want to know exactly what it is you're going through and I want to be there for you. And he's exactly the same when it comes to me. He wants to know everything. He will show up for me. Like, I don't know where that thought comes from, but it's always in the back of my mind. And I'm like that with my friends as well, where I know that they have their own struggles and their own experiences and I don't want to share with them because I feel like I'm maybe I'm trauma dumping on them but I think it's important for me to get out of that mindset and remember that that's the beauty of love and friendship that it's so important for us to share something of substance so that way we can feel closer to one another and 
also so that we feel less lonely. I think a lot of people nowadays feel that way, where they feel that they don't, they shouldn't share their burdens because they feel that they're burdening someone else. But that's the essence of love and friendship. But it's also a key ingredient to building a community. I want to talk a little bit about the story behind the name Off the Shelf. And there were many variations when I was younger, but it really stuck when I was in university where I was dealing with, I guess it was the peak of my mental health struggles where everything kind of just hit me all at once. All of the trauma that I experienced when I was younger just kind of caught up to me and I was really overwhelmed. I was in another country and I was away from home and it was very hard to to deal with that by myself. Uh, I was very close to my dad and I didn't want to leave home to go to school. I wanted to go somewhere local and my dad, as soon as I got accepted into one of the bigger universities, he, he really just said, okay, adios, um, this is important for your future. And, you know, we had a very tearful <laughs> goodbye. But I really, really needed him when it came to this point in my life. And we'd often spend hours and hours and hours on the phone. And I would just tell him about, you know, the things that I was struggling with. And um, he was very, he became accepting. And when I say became accepting, he grew up in, in a culture where the men are often silent and strong. And there are very much rocks for their families. And we don't really talk about things like mental health or depression. And he mentioned to me just before he died, actually, that it was through my experiences where he finally began to understand what mental health was and how important it was. And he went from someone not being able to hear anything about mental health to straight up asking me when I came home, how was your mental health? You know, how are you doing? And a large part of that came from these conversations that we'd have. I'd have to often tell him and remind him that this is normal and it's just you listening that helps. Sometimes we just need to let it out and that's okay. So when I was going through a lot of these problems, he was really, you know, hands-on, really there for me. And um, often when it became something consuming where I'd fixate on it the entire time, he would always tell me to put it on a shelf. We'll deal with it when you're done school or we'll deal with it when you're home. Um, And that's kind of how he would teach me to manage my emotions and my priorities. So it wasn't a, 
oh, well, we're not going to talk about it anymore or we're not going to deal with it. It was more so a, this needs more time and it's going to take longer for us to work through it. So for right now, you're just going to put it up until you're ready to take it off that shelf and we'll, we'll unpack it and deal with it together. So it became a common trend where, you know, if something became extremely consuming and um, it was starting to affect me in certain areas, my dad would then again tell me, we'll put it back up on the shelf and we'll take it off when we're ready. And that really helped me start to prioritize and manage my emotions and reminded me that sometimes things don't need immediate solutions or sometimes things take longer to work through and you can't do it all in one sitting. You sometimes have to put it away and come back to it when you're stronger or when you have more time or when you're ready to commit to fixing it. So that's kind of where Off the Shelf came from. I want to start taking off all of the dusty, grimy books from my shelf that's called grief, if that makes sense. But I don't know. that I like to think of it that way. This next phase in my life of dealing with the uncertainty and the grief of losing a father, a friend, a buddy, <laughs> all of that is so scary but I'm very very excited to see where this takes me and I'm excited to share everything with you and I hope that it helps someone out there feel less alone. I do want to take the opportunity quickly before I carry on my day to thank my husband for being so supportive and all of my friends who have encouraged me and supported me this past year and a half and the many years prior <laughs> and i also want to take a moment to say the biggest thank you to my dad who sacrificed anything so that i could have everything I love you and I'm ready to see where this takes us.